All right, welcome to the Armchair Commanders podcast. My name is John. And I'm Jack. We're so happy to have you all join us in the uh, immortal words of Captain Tom Dodge. Let's uh, kick this pig. <laughs> Let's kick this pig indeed. Wow, and let me say what a movie. It is, it is the most movie of all time. Um, whew, yeah, a lot to unpack with this one. Um, so let me just come out and say it. I lo- liked this movie. You'll notice the hesitation I had there. It was a fun movie. It's not just a like. You know what I meant, but <laughs> like I'm not prepared to fully commit. A lo- I'm I'm not ready to love again, but <laughs> I have commitment issues enough to say I love this movie. Sorry, my lack of therapy is bleeding into my creative outlet. I'll work on that. But you know, um, you know, I'll take I'll take a like. But it, let me be clear, it was a fun movie. Like, I really ought to stop saying like, but it's a hard habit. I do the same thing. I I noticed it uh, when I started editing our past couple of episodes. I was like, oh, that's a that's an annoying habit on my part. Yeah, and I need to kick it. <laughs> yeah. Either I stop saying like so much or I stop drinking. So like's got to go. But to be fair, what what are you drinking tonight, by the way? Same thing, Miller High Life. You got you to <laughs> start. Get, start. <laughs> I am putting so much effort into coming up with relevant drink choices for this show. And here you are just grabbing a six pack of any <laughs> devil may care drink that you can come by <laughs> just the look of disappointment on your face when i told you that <laughs> oh it fair, rivals, there's not ri- there there is nothing wrong with your drink choice i'm just saying let's let's get some creativity for next week there, there's nothing wrong with your drink choice but fuck you also we yeah. can say fuck on this podcast right yeah i i have it set to explicit so we're fine Oh, fuck yeah. But anyway, um, all right, then what's your drink of choice for next week? Actually, don't say because that's going to be an incentive for our dear listeners to stick with us. That is uh, yeah, my, drink, my drink today uh, because we are watching a submarine movie. I figured what more uh, fitting drink than some Sailor Jerry's rum. Oh, man, I wish I got some Sailor Jerry's. It is. It's it's uh my go-to right now actually it's decent yeah, yeah I mean, good it's choice not, it, it's not terribly expensive um you know it, it's like a at least where i'm at it's like a buck or two more than captain morgan but i i'm enjoying it more than i would captain morgan so yeah man i'll put more effort into next week's drink you have my word okay but um so it was a fun movie and i've said that like oh jesus three times now but do you want, it really do you want me was. to leave that that burp in there might as well <laughs> but um and i really gotta stop saying but um as well and i say that too much damn it i'm getting too introspective it's only been four minutes so this was a fun movie and it was a really a time capsule into 1990s for better for worse 
Yeah, there was, I, I there's a lot of things I'm like, oh yeah, that used to be a thing. Um, like, uh, oh, what was it? Stepanic. Like the first scene that we see Stepanic come up and uh, he's wearing a, a mesh tank top and uh, God, what kind of pants? Anyways, it was as 90s as an outfit could get. Yeah, uh, and just yeah, casually dropping the R word in conversation oh, yeah. with Rob Schneider. Yeah, there's a couple of things that did not age very well. In oh this. no, like the the casual use of the R word, and then also the uh, like the the casual sexism towards oh, it's... Um, the Lieutenant Lake character. Oh man, yeah, just no subtlety whatsoever. Like, I, I understand it is a 90s film and the 90s, and, and granted, not to say that today's climate is super swell for women, but <laughs> my, my thing here is I'm battling the internal discussion between this is the 90s and we treated women shittier then than we do now, but also it's one of those if you think about it just in the history of the military women have always had to really earn their spot regardless of what the job was um and we we see that even recently where i think it was 2020 ish i it was it was right around the time that the COVID stuff kicked off. Um, there was a lot of news articles and a big discussion um, because the U.S. Army Ranger School uh, graduated their first uh, female trainee. And it was one of those things that was like, it was such an uphill battle to even get a female into Ranger School. I think there was a half dozen or so that had tried before this person did. And I, I forget what her name is, but um, it was, it was like a really big deal when she finally passed it. But even when she passed it, she, she still faced a lot of criticism and scrutiny. And you had a lot of people who were like, Oh, they made the standards easier for her or, you know, this, that, or the other, or like favorites, all that nonsense. Um, so it's one of those, um, you know, it's one of those things that you see or you think of it as a time capsule of the 90s, but it's, but it, but you can still very clearly see it in today's military culture, even if it's, it's not the like juvenile, like, ha ha ha, we, we stole her uniform and shrank it so her uh. boobs look bigger. <laughs> Yeah, that scene was oofta. <laughs> it was it, certainly a lot to unpack. Like, I appreciate the fact that, like, the, you know, the Captain Dodge character, you know, he's, like, he's Team Lake, but also he's not, like, 100% squashing it. Like, you know, he still, he still punishes his crew for pulling this dipshit maneuver. But it's it's very uh, like, I'm sorry, boys will be boys type bullshit. 
Yeah. I said yeah. all of my 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 male privilege. Yep. <clears throat> that card that <laughs> that's should checked. I say, should I say something offensive to offset it? No, please. <laughs> it's too early to get canceled in this series. Or are we 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 set with me being on this side of the the spectrum to make up for my atom bomb jokes? First off, I started that the atom bomb jokes, and my god, ooh, yeah, that was something. Um, what was I gonna say? Um, I'm gonna take your prompt and say what scene in this movie took stood out to you because I already got mine. You know. It's uh, <laughs> it, that that's a hard question. Uh, if I was a, a better person, I probably would have thought of that because usually I pose that question to you. Aha. Um, you heard it here first, me. folks. I got him, ladies and gentlemen. We got him. You know, there there was one scene that really made me think, and this is a weird thought that I had when this came up was uh. You know how every year or every other year there's like the the in comedy, you know? Yeah. Like I think it was like 2004 was Anchorman. Oh yeah. You know when the in comedy comes, like everybody says memes. The, yeah, the memes, the funny one liners. You know when we were in high school, the the Hangover trilogy was the the big. Thing. Yep. Yep. And the Hang. I God that made me so it's not that i think the hangover series is a bad series i just it wasn't it overstayed it its welcome that and it just wasn't really for me you know like I, I get it like it's funny it just wasn't my kind of humor and but, <laughs> it, go ahead and say what you're going to say oh, but i was just going to say on that topic the uh go-to comedy for at least my middle school was either beer fest or super uh, bad das boot das boot yeah like people were quoting that we were talking about it. even i saw it and i was a goody two-shoes back then yeah well you know and, that's when that's when you know you're watching comedy central when your parents are at work or some shit and um, like and it's it's the like highly tv edited version too and in elementary i believe it was the american pie movies and like you said earlier, um, anchor man. And it was, it was always the, the kid from the sketchy home that had watched all of those and had them all on DVD, the unrated version. He was a happening yeah. guy. Yeah. Or it's like, like you always made friend with the, the one kid that had, uh, American pie on his iPod when you were taking like bus trips. <laughs> see i was never let's look at boobs on a two-inch screen all five men together yeah straight guys but um two i was never in a hot tub i was never a student athlete but i heard all about those varsity trips where they'd be in like all in one hotel room or all on the bus just watching these mo movies on yeah like you said a lap a shitty laptop or an ipod screen you know, back in the day when uh, the, iPod the good screen, old days, when the iPod screen was like a like a one inch by one inch piece of shit. 
Yeah, we're j we're getting old, DP. I, I think we lost our Zoomer audience with these stories. I, I saw a TikTok the other day, and I'm not a TikTok person. I, you know, I fit that that boomer meme of, uh, you know, I'm an adult who watches his TikToks on Instagram Reels three weeks after they're popular, you know. The, yeah, um, <laughs> I watch them four weeks after they're popular on YouTube. So I, I saw this uh, TikTok turn real. And it was this guy, he, he's like a military TikToker. And he was talking about how he had a bunch of new recruits join his unit and how he's like in charge of them. And uh, one of his recruits was like, when were you born? And he's like 93. And, he's, and uh, the recruit's like, oh, you were born in the late 1900s. Oh. And like, listen here, you little shit. <laughs> I would have made him drop down and give me 50. <laughs> Give me 1,900 push-ups. <laughs> you can give me 1,993 push-ups, you little fucker. God, that is so wild to think about. And... It is. And especially considering, like, our entire lives, we've always casually thrown out the, like, the late 1,700s or the late 1,800s. And, like, we're, we're just far enough removed now that people can pull that shit on us. But oh. back to my original thought, or my thesis, if you will about uh you know the popularity of certain films and how they inspire people to yeah change their language accordingly i i looked up so this film came out in 96 and uh in my preliminary research i am shocked to find out that braveheart beat this film out at the oscars like no. disrespect right no really wait yeah. it, braveheart's on the list right uh it should be it might not be but it should be yeah because I, I read through that entire list today and that's how i caught the dread discrepancy yes but... for our listeners the uh comic book movie dread is on our list because i made an argument for uh war on crime as a war film so i'll allow it <laughs> we're playing fast and loose but i'll allow it one of these days, uh, I'm going to propose a romantic comedy on the grounds <laughs> that all is fair in love and war, so ergo it should be allowed. This almost this had the potential for being a romantic comedy, but I respect I, I'm res I respect the fact that um, they mostly kept Lieutenant Lake and Captain Dodge separate. Like obviously, there's the scene where she like gives him a quick kiss, but it's like uh, wait like thanks for supporting me deal not uh i'm into you thing it was still kind of weird in my opinion but yeah it did feel out of place yeah um but it wasn't it wasn't so egregious you know at least yeah. in my mind but again back to my thesis um uh the other I looked at other comedy films that came out the year that this film did and the two you know, there, there was quite a few, but the two big, most notable ones would be The Nutty Professor. <laughs> Avant-garde. And uh, Billy Madison. Which I still haven't watched, by the way. That, that shocks me, but, you know, there's a lot of films in the world. But, you know, Bill, you know, this was this was like prime Adam Sandler. But, so yeah. I would I'd have to imagine that Billy Madison was like number one everywhere. 
Uh, I didn't really get into the numbers, but it made me think, I was like, of all those idiots that I went to high school with and middle school with, where they're just quoting the hangover day after day after day, I, I found myself thinking after the scene where Dodge asks the character Sonar, is like, just just a throwaway comment where he's like, "Hey, you hearing anything out there?" Is like, "Oh, not much. Just just some biological creatures. Sounds like a couple of crabs duking it out." <laughs> and that one line, I was like, "There had to have been." at least one high school where that was like the thing to say every fucking day. Yep. Just duke it out. Cause like, I, I won't lie. I, I laughed like so hard at that one line. Um, so yeah, that was that the scene that stuck, 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 stuck out to you. Yeah. Just, just because of the thought that it had. <laughs> it it really does feel like a meme that should have been but wasn't <laughs> but um so the my favorite scene in the movie it had to have been the dive test like that was i was not expecting a scene that tense in what i was told was a comedy <laughs> yeah that that is uh i i i greatly appreciated that that uh that bit of seriousness in this film the other thing that that reminded me of or like brought to the forefront of my mind is that this this film is meant to be a a parody of like the submarine movie genre as a whole um which you don't really think of like oh like submarine movies are their own genre but i mean there there's so many submarine war movies that there there really is and they they have all these tropes and one of the big tropes in submarine movies is the taking the submarine to its limits and like the like water spraying everywhere shit yeah, and the, you can hear the ship creaking yeah and I, I i did greatly appreciate that part with the old mechanic and he taped the ends of that wire to the <laughs> walls and he's like keep your eye on this string it's gonna squeeze us like a beer can <laughs> and it gradually has more and more slack to it as the dive test goes on and the, the thing... cap the captain's just smiling and laughing and you can yeah. tell i really genuinely felt like it was something old timers in the navy do to fuck with the new recruits right the thing that killed me about um that old mechanic is like oh we have to bring this really old dude on to the crew because he's the only one who can work on diesels he like he's the only guy in the fleet who was on diesel subs left and i'm like guys uh, diesel engines are still really prevalent all over the military <laughs> like it's it's not a lost and forgotten skill like they very easily could have grabbed some 20 year old dude to be their mechanic yeah, some young gun, like, you know, the rest of the crew, like, yeah, young, new, new recruits, fresh out. What's the boot camp? I was going to say it's not boot, is it? Or is it? Or like I'm sorry to our advanced listeners. I don't know a lot about Navy. AIT, which stands for something training. 
so boot <laughs> let's just i don't know man their job school after boot basically oh okay um where was i going with this i already lost my train of thought crap um yeah the old... a, a young whip, whippersnapper oh yeah this is what i was gonna ask um sonar like that is some god tier hearing like i and they they give a really shoddy explanation like oh he has too good of hearing like he was a he was a security risk and i was just there like well then he would have gotten fired right right like not just right. demoted like his hearing is good enough where he's pretty much guaranteed a spot on any ship he wants in the navy like who wouldn't want to spring for a guy that can tell the exact amount of money dropping in a sub hundreds of yards up yeah him having great hearing is not the issue here it's the it's the fact that he's an idiot and doesn't know when to shut his mouth i mean how dumb is he compared to the rest <laughs> of the new recruits that a, your average ship sees i don't know the the scene where uh sonar and dodge are like pantomiming to each other um when they're like bottom out on the seabed would, okay, would prove in his, in his defense i didn't know what the dude the dodge was suggesting at first either so i kind of feel that like i don't pantomime well i've found but you would have th thought that a simpler solution would have been just to scribble something out on a piece of paper ah but they would hear the scribbling or something like i know our our submarine technology is super advanced i don't think it's that good yeah you're right i just wanted to argue um <laughs> God, there i am saying um again but uh i did it again uh i sound like a troglodyte oh don't pull that it's a classic insult yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna look it up look it up right now and define troglodyte thanks google yeah like a prehistoric person that lived in a cave or a cave dweller <laughs> i sound like a cave dweller for some reason i I was confusing with uh, trilobite, like the little sea cockroach. <laughs> I'm one of those two, so you're not wrong. I've always wanted to have a trilobite fossil. And it, yeah, it kind of relates to our under the sea adventure theme of this week. Under the sea. Under the sea. I, uh, so going back to the whole like submarine movie genre thing, um, there was a couple of things that I was like looking for that I was actually like really happy never occurred. Like something that's super common in submarine movies is always the like depth charge scene that like rocks yep. the boat and, you know, makes it spew water and whatnot. And we still get a spewing water scene, but it's not from depth charges. And I so appreciate that. And the other, the other trope that I really appreciate missing in this one is the like, launching of a torpedo and then it like scrapes alongside of a boat like barely missing it yeah the depth the lack of a depth charge scene it wouldn't have really fit with the war games <laughs> and for a second there towards the end 
Like, yes, I knew. The admiral's gone crazy. I thought he was going to kill that guy. Like, (laughs) if he could have gotten away with it, I bet he would have. Man. Also, can we talk about how creepily he said, you've been targeted? (laughs) Yeah. I did like that part where he was like, oh, yeah, you got me. However, I already fired the torpedo, so you're going to join me in death. Ha ha ha. you are. Um, and another scene I really like was the pirate scene. There, I will admit, there was a part where I thought, oh my god, they're actually going to kill Rob Schneider. <laughs> We've all that thought w- it, that these guys are actually going to do it. That was, that. I, I genuinely love that scene, especially uh, when uh, Buckman looks over to Nitro and is like, where'd you get that bird? He's like, it's a uh, parrot from the it's Caribbean. <laughs> It's our dinner. Oh, don't don't let it fly away. <laughs> he just has a raw chicken tied yeah. to his shoulder with, with some like like where did he get the fucking twine to tie it to his shoulder? And I I love that everyone's pirate uniforms was obviously made at the drop of a dime, but the captain had a full pirate regalia just on him. If I was the captain of a submarine, I would a hundred percent have a pirate oh. costume ready. Oh, absolutely. There's probably a reason why I, I don't, like, I'm a not in the military and don't have command of expensive shit like that. <sighs> See, that's what happens when you have too much power, is you do dumb shit like that with government property. I wish I was powerful enough to abuse power. <laughs> <laughs> and you can put that in the big book of Jack quotes. You know, uh, talking about piracy and the power. Uh, yeah, he, and when he drops into the fisherman's net, and there he was like, the "United States Navy, thanks you for your service." <laughs> I was like, "Does this regularly happen?" Here's my thing: is how did all the like frigates and the Orlando that was chasing them not hear them make like an open radio call to a fishing boat? Maybe they were, like, super duper brief about it. I don't know, man. (laughs) Submarine, they're stealthy. Maybe, I like to think that they just surfaced and flagged them down, scaring the fishermen. (laughs) Like, you will, you will help us. (laughs) You will help us. I mean, look at the cannon on top of that, that boat. Yeah, Uh. If they asked, yeah, I wouldn't have much choice. You know what's crazy to me is that, like, the premise of this movie is not all that entirely out there or, like, impossible. Because the thing is, is that, like, I would guarantee there's, there's got, there has to be some, some diesel boats still in, like, the mothball fleet. Because, I mean, there's, like, the, the, the military has a hard time letting shit go. Especially when they've they've paid a lot of money for it. But the other part of it, too, is like the whole premise of this exercise was to have essentially an impossible enemy or a really unconventional enemy. And we're going to do this war game to like test ourselves against this p- 
potential adversary. And like the the army has a unit like that. Like I forget where they're stationed out of, but there is a unit in the army that's a couple hundred dudes that their everyday job is to be professional bad guys for the the regular army to like test themselves against. Wait, so who are these bad guys? So they're also members of the army and they usually have like infantry and combat experience but after like they'll take these guys who have this combat experience or like specialty training and they'll basically be like it's it's like this movie where it's like okay we want you to go out and be a super unconventional like military force or we want you to be terrorists and then basically the army cycles in regular units to test them basically uh actors yeah, essentially, it, it's it's like role playing, but with machine guns. I did see a listing on Indeed <clears throat> a while back that they were looking for civilian actors to play civilians in a war game. Ooh! Like doing fake. Normal. I'm getting paid to be a war crime victim. Yeah, like pretty much, like you're paid to do normal things like go go to the bank or i think yeah i think they like gave you a job and a schedule and you could if you want like go to a cafe to eat or go do this however it was like during military lockdown where you'd have to go through checkpoints and stuff and they were like you were selected at random like okay you're a terrorist and your mission is to try to get a gun or something past this checkpoint or you have to sneak this bomb into their base without them noticing and they're on alert for that but they can't just mow down every civilian they actually have to go through protocol that kind of reminds me of like when i was in college and uh i i think i think you actually uh were there or you weren't there but i I remember talking to you the day i did it i think i know what story you're about to tell but tell it for the audience (laughs) so like when i was in college uh i wanted a few extra dollars and a local swat team came to the college and was like hey college kids do you want to be role players in our you know our exercises and so essentially all day long they gave me like an airsoft gun and uh essentially they they did like active shooter training and like me and a half dozen other guys were the the baddies basically and it was it was super fun being the bad guy because it's like you don't have to play by any rules (laughs) but i it's not it's not a bad gig i i don't know what it would be like doing that full time but you know my experience as a as a broke college kid getting shot with uh, paintball guns like it wasn't wasn't that bad of a deal huh totally would have done that with you <laughs> dude those spots filled up so quickly i remember <laughs> i remember i was checking my email like right as it got sent out and i was probably like the third person to claim a spot or to, like put in for it and that literally was like i got my email out in the time it took me to type it like there was no like me like oh should i shouldn't i not i was like no my saturday's free and i i want a couple extra bucks 
<laughs> Man, sounds like a good time, though. It does. And and that brings up another point, though, is like, I, I get it that, you know, the Dodge character, he's been working his entire life to getting his own command of a of like a nuclear submarine and like obviously the this like diesel sub from korea is meant to be a huge like insult like haha prank on you type yeah deal. to humiliate him and he takes it that way but like imagine being tasked like it, it's like i said Imagine you are tasked with creating the Navy equivalent of that one army unit that, like, is a super highly sought-after job to get. And it's, like, after this, like, after the whole movie, like, you know, the, the Admiral's, like, the, the, the good Admiral, that is. Patches O'Houlihan. Yeah. <laughs> I forget what his actual name in this movie is. I just, I'm just calling him Patches O'Houlihan from Dodgeball. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, you just, you just had like, like we, we had this whole entire movie that showed how much fun you had doing this one particular mission that was supposed to be like a slap to your, your honor basically like someone throwing down the white glove at your feet and it's like it's like you won congratulations here's your nuclear submarine if i was in his shoes after seeing the things that they experienced and the amount of fun that they had doing it i would have been like hey admiral can can i just keep the diesel blow and have this be my like everyday job mm-hmm <laughs> Yeah, I really thought there'd be a moment at the end. Like, I was 10 minutes in the movie. And I was like, yeah, there's going to be a moment in the end where he succeeds. But, and they're going to offer him a nuclear sub. However, he's going to be like, thanks, but no thanks, Captain. This diesel sub's my baby. But no. Yeah, he... I, I'm, I mean, we get a little bit of that when he's like, I would prefer to keep my crew. Yeah, so that, I, that was I, a heartwarming I... moment. Yeah, so I mean, we did get that a little bit, but I really wanted him to to be like, "No, this is my boat now." So what Which, are they gonna uh, do with the ship now? It's a, you know, that's a great question because they, you know, in this movie they brought it up to like fully functioning and whatnot. Um, but I don't know if you know anything about the actual submarine they used. Um to do some of the filming on this which that's one of my i will admit it i'm being pedantic about this and i get it's not it, it's a comedy film and it's not really reasonable to to have the interior of the sub to be like super accurate but my god was the interior of this diesel boat like so fucking spacious yeah i was gonna say i thought space was a premium on subs it is. Um, I don't know if you've ever been on a submarine. I haven't. But uh, they're super tight. They're, there's quite a few museum ships. And actually, uh, so the USS Stingray in this film, in real life, it is the USS 
Pampanito, I think I'm saying that right. Um, the USS Pampanito, and it was a sub that served during World War II, and it actually sank like six or seven Japanese ships during the war. So it, it had like a, an impressive service record. Um, but I, I have actually been to this particular submarine because it's a, it's a museum ship and it's docked in San Francisco and you pay like your 10 or 15 bucks and you can walk around it for like an hour. And, and that was my thing. I was like, I have been on this boat and it does not fucking look like that. <laughs> inaccuracy yeah yeah and and i know this is a silly thing like i i get it's pedantic but it's just like like it irks me because there are certain scenes you're like yeah this was 100 percent shot on this ship like when they first get onto the boat and they're like unloading their stuff and like like dusting the cobwebs off of cots and you're like, oh yeah, that that that's like an actual crew quarters area, like it's super tight and packed there, and like the the captain's um, cabin is super tight and whatnot. But then you go to like the control room, and it's this it's like this giant space. It's like the the diesel boat uh, like control room is the same size as the nuclear submarines, and it's like no. <laughs> yeah like i guess they had to di they did have to cut some corners for the movie like i said it's 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 a comedy like mm -hmm. I, not I a documentary yeah i'm not holding it to that high of a standard now if we were if we were watching a movie like dos boot or something something that's supposed to be like like a hardcore, this is the way it was type movie, then I would be butthurt about it. <laughs> so, who is your, your favorite character in this, this movie? Because there's a lot of great characters. And, you know, a lot of the, you know, the primary actors are very, like, steeped in the 90s. And it was one of those things that's like, I was so shocked to see... Pan Oswalt have just like oh yeah a, like he's in the background he has like a single line that's unimportant and it's like 20 years from this movie you are going to be the biggest like one of the biggest names in comedy and everybody else here is like we'll, we'll still remember Kelsey Grammer but everybody else is going to be like oh it's that guy <laughs> oh yeah that guy but yeah like when you proposed this movie, I even remember, like, we were looking at the cast, and I had never even heard of this movie before. And I was like, no shit, Pat Oswalt's in this? And he, I don't even think his character got a name. He had one line. He didn't even get a cutesy little intro like the other crew members did. Yeah, nothing quirky about him. He's, he's the one normal guy on the crew. And what was he, the radio guy, I think? So radio, so the radio guy was Sonar. No, that was Nitro. I, lo I love the character of Nitro. No, that's, that's my actual name. That's not a nickname. 
what was his proposed nickname is like Keith or or something like that. I don't remember. <laughs> um but no, I love Nitro. Just and like I get his his whole shtick was like saying absurd nonsense, but I, it just it cracked me up every time where it's like don't worry, Captain. I'll get it running like a Swiss car. <laughs> That's right. It's kind of like um, Ricky from Trailer Park Boys and his running gag of fucking up basic sayings. Like, instead right. of water under the bridge, oh, we're cool now. We're water under the fridge. <laughs> so so who, who is your 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 character in this i really like dodge like you know he's old-timey military guy doesn't take himself too seriously but still holds a higher standard to his crew yeah he like he's unorthodox but you can still tell that he's got like a high amount of <clears throat> um professionalism if that's the the word i'm looking for yeah and um, it's like why why can't you be the best at your job and also have fun yeah uh, if you can't have fun with it what's the point point? and he really understands that the crew is one family that's a saying in the russian navy it's a song real toe tapper by the way uh yeah he just keeps everything together I know we mentioned it before, but uh, what do you think of uh, the Rob Schneider character in this film? I wonder what happened to him. I just... I, that that was another um, trope that they, they played in this as far as like the submarine movie genre goes, which is the Captain XO... Uh, tense or like rivalry if you will like that's a, a, a pretty common recurring uh, theme but I mean <laughs> my god they, they wound this character up so tightly and I, I know that's the point but Jesus like it's I have a hard time thinking of anybody actually being like that in real life oh I bet there's dozens if not hundreds in the military also, if I remember correctly, he's the only one in this film that throws around the R word. Yeah. I can't help but feel like that was also done so we don't feel bad about him getting marooned at the end of that his character arc. Also, that's a punishable offense, right? What, marooning him? Or... Yeah, like, I really do feel like he at least get a stern chin wagging when they find out what happened to executive officer rob schneider <laughs> yeah i you know i'm not really up on my uh military code of justice but something tells me that that's probably a, a no bueno situation oh yeah um but to be fair rob schneider did commit mutiny so yeah can't, ha can't have no traitors on a submarine <laughs> what was he gonna say crap and, and i mean it, it says a lot too when like 
you know, the one character, Stepanek, who doesn't want to be there and is actively trying to find a way to get out of anything, like, still doesn't do anything to, like, screw everybody else over. Like, I that, that was a, a great moment in the movie for me where the captain goes to him and he's like, we could have been toast if, if you'd just been loud or noisy or whatever. And his response is like, I'm only out to screw myself over. Like, I'm not, I'm not going to ruin it for everybody else. And by the time, by the time the movie ends, he's won their respect. So they're probably going to side with him over Rob Schneider. Made assuming, daddy proud. Assuming Rob Schneider doesn't die, didn't die. <laughs> also, we're about 50 minutes in, and I can't believe I haven't brought this up yet. But holy shit, the CGI in this movie is so bad. Like, even by 1996's standards, that was awful. Yeah, it wasn't it wasn't great. Um, especially all the like like uh, all the outside the submarines underneath the water scenes were just oh my god we're like cool. when you see my my the the thing i cringed at was like you would go from the scene of terrible cgi of like these two subs chasing each other and then like you know at the very end of the movie when they do they both surface at the same time because they're making a break for the the target and you go from this really bad CGI to this very obvious like stock footage that the Navy's just had in a cabin yeah. somewhere for like a decade. <laughs> That's right. It's it's like you see the one nuclear attack submarine surfacing and it's the one that they use on every recruiting ad. Yep. They couldn't have sprung better footage. But, you know, I, I talked to a Navy recruiter when I was in high school, and uh, obviously that's not the, the route I went, but if there was ever a movie that made me want to join the military, this was the one. Oh, yes, absolutely. Like, <laughs> this is the Navy's top gun. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and there we have top- the single most cursed statement in this entire podcast history. <laughs> Uh, like Tom Cruise flying an F-14 didn't do it for me, but Kelsey Grammer in a World War II sub, you got me. Yep. There was um what was I gonna say? Shit. Oh uh I remember this reminds me of this time I talked to an Air Force recruiter in high school and I asked him if there was ever gonna be a homoerotic volleyball game in the Air Force. I'm guessing that that probably didn't go over too well. Well, he laughed and said, maybe. <laughs> so, yeah, that was, that was an option for me, the route I didn't go. You know, when I was in high school, I uh, I very much was, uh, like, I was full bore. Like, you know, I, I grew up in a military family. Like, my dad was active duty. I lived on a military base for, like, half my life. Um. And so when I got into high school, I started talking to recruiters. Uh, it was probably one of like the biggest disappointments in my life when uh, I was told I couldn't join because I had gotten too many concussions playing football. It was, ah. it was soul crushing for me. But 
after like after a few years of like growing up and having a lot of friends who have served and you know having a lot of family members like you hear about people who get out and they're like you hear about all the stupid things that they go through and you're like eh, maybe it wasn't that bad that i that i didn't get to do this yeah yeah the military you hear about in ads and re from recruiters is not the military i hear about from people who were there yeah and i mean it's it's even different like as as someone who lived on a military base for 12 years and granted you know when i lived it i was looking at it through like rose-colored lenses but you know it's it's a it's a lot more stressful like if you go and check out like any current like military tiktoker or youtube or whatever they'll all like that's that's 90 percent of their content is just talking about dumb shit that they have to deal with and not to say that i don't deal with dumb shit in my day-to-day -day job but like nothing so much that makes me want to uh start a social media career because of that. <laughs> yeah it's interesting to think about the road less traveled and like i i want anybody to listen here to just keep in mind like like i said i come from a military family grew up on a military base i'm i'm very pro our our military and our forces um i just also recognize the inefficiency of government if you will yeah and i'd like our listeners to know that i don't have any military background whatsoever and in fact i think i'm exempt from the draft because of my toes but yeah i don't oh yeah fun nobody... little fact jack is missing a couple of toes yeah how many one of, of you one of the one of the piggies went to market never came back well one and a half <laughs> actually and um <clears throat> yeah i i can't name anyone in my immediate family that was in the armed forces my great uncle my great grandpa several other members were in world wars one and two. Oh, actually i i had an uncle in vietnam Yeah. War war was the in thing back then, you know? Yeah. I'll never get the joy of dying face down in a European or Asian mud hole. Okay, Lieutenant Dan. Yeah, I'll have to find somewhere else to die. Oh, what was I going to say? It was along the lines of this. Oh, I was going to say, so, you know, like any other well-adjusted person who uh, got told no at his, his first uh, choice of a, adult life, I, I decided to go to college and then got a degree in history, specializing in military history. And, you know, I definitely don't need to talk about that with my, my therapist, not trying to compensate or anything. <laughs> This podcast is 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 not a compensation for anything either. To totally, I just really like film. Oh yeah, film's great. I'm, I'm, I'm a cinephile. Loves cinemas. So yeah, I think that about wraps it up for this week's episode. You want to tell them what we're watching next week? 
Well, we we still got to rate this thing. Oh gotta, right, the we, mushroom we come, clouds. I think I think we got to stick with the thermometer. <laughs> Whether oh, or not right. we, we usually watch. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pulling it up. Pear e scope. Rotten tomatoes. Thank you, Google. Oh, wow. You want to take a stab in the dark about what this one is? 34. Okay, so it has an 11% critical rating, but, it, but, but, but it has a 62% audience score. So it's one of those movies. So it probably, so what, it averages out to like a 35 or a 40? I don't know how the math works. There's over 25,000 audience ratings and 35 critic ratings. So, so here's what, here's what I would say is that the critic rating is unequivocally wrong. Like, don't, don't get me wrong. Like, I understand that the year that this came out, we had Braveheart and Apollo 13, you know, some some truly landmark films i get it periscope down is not those films on the flip side of that coin it never was meant to be it absolutely wasn't you're right it knew what it was it knew it was a comedy and i it i think it accomplished it very well and in the grand scheme of even like parody films like i think this is a great parody film you it know, is. We we see so many of the things that we look for in submarine movies, but it's not it, it's not like so in your face like how like scary movie is with the horror movie genre. Yeah, so I got to go with the audience rating on this. I think that's very apt. Shit, I might bump it up to a sixty five percent as well. I, I I would I would probably agree with that. I think I think the audience rating is just about right where it should be, because it's it's a it's a funny story. It's a good story. There are great characters. Like obviously, it's not like highbrow media, but I paid attention to it. I I I never like looked down at my phone when I was watching this movie. Like I was entertained. Absolutely, and that's all I ask of my media. Like, did I have any critical thinking? Not really. I mean, the only critical thinking I had about this film was because I was watching it in the context of trying to think of things to say for this show. It, and you, you really can't watch a movie like this with a very critical mindset. No, because that's that's not the goal. It's, exactly. it's, like, try, it's like trying to come up with a... Uh, like a movie thesis paper for college off of this film's competitor, Billy Madison. Did, did you do that? No. Oh, it sounded, it sounded like you were pulling from personal experience. Like really Billy Madison. No, I'm sure there's probably somebody out there that has a thesis paper about Billy Madison and I would love to read it, but no, that's not something I did. My, uh, <laughs> My thesis paper uh, for history was about uh, Civil War naval technology. So, wow. 
which fun fun fact for our viewers is I'm I'm actively in the process of defiling my body with as many tattoos as possible. And uh, one, I, I do have a World War II submarine tattooed on my bicep uh, in memory of one of my family members. Uh, but I also have the modern Merrimack from the Civil War tattooed on my feet. And I have a grand total of one tattoo. It's above my chopped off toes and it says gone to market. And But I recently got a time nailed down for my second tattoo. Yeah, what, uh, what are you going to do for this one? Uh, a jack of hearts playing card over my left pectoral. Oh, yes, you, you told me about that. Yeah. What's it stand I, for? Jack of hearts. My name is Jack and it's over my heart. Everyone's going to think I'm a gambler when I get it, but I just think the card aesthetic is cool. See, that was your opportunity to tell me to fuck off. Like... No, no, I kind of see where you're coming from. Like, you know, the best tattoos are the ones that have stories behind them, in my opinion. Them, them and joke tattoos. I can't. We're going to keep it a secret for now, but I can't wait for. We we have, we have a tandem joke tattoo planned. So. Holy shit! You know what I just realized? Huh. We went this entire movie review. Oh my god! Without mentioning the <laughs> penis tattoo, what is wrong with us? We're we're literally 15 seconds away from the hour mark, and we didn't once mention the penis tattoo. You know what? This is a great segue for that. And <laughs> I feel so stupid because I have it written down on my notepad here in front of me for just things I wanted to talk about. My God, it 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 plays zero bearing on this story. But it just gets thrown out every time. It like I feel like this was their like Hail Mary, like this is the line we want to be popular. You know, going back to the like, this is what all the high school kids are going to be saying in the hallways. Yep. I need a man with a tattooed penis. <laughs> like it, it's even said in the first five minutes, like, didn't he get a welcome aboard tattoo on his penis? <laughs> Or like when the admiral's like, I want his tattooed hide on my door. I'm like, ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Captain, what, uh, what, was, what was the incident, like the noodle incident that they talk about but never really explain, like the brushing at Minx? Min Minsk? Manx? Help me out here. What was it? Oh, I, I, I guess I don't really remember that. Is that where they're talking about where he like comes in contact with like a Russian submarine? something like that he got in trouble and that's why he's being demoted in this movie yeah. but or kicked upstairs is the proper term but so the, here's here's my question for you and this again is a pedantic thing and maybe i'm just reading too much into it like i get it welcome aboard navy pun L laughs all around but welcome aboard implies going into or inside of a ship doesn't it i mean think about it this way he's the captain of a submarine and he has it on his dick and both his dick and the submarine are long hard and full of semen that's that, might have been what he's going for i'm just saying that maybe we could have put something else like prepare for launch or something 
<laughs> or, or like torpedoes away. I, I don't, I'm not well versed enough in naval terms to contribute to this, but or, uh, yeah. And oh yeah, this is where I was going. Um, she even mentions like because she's ha she has a bad case of the boohoo's after brushing against no 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 uh, hitting the bottom of the ocean, which that was their goal anyway. But whatever. And she's like, "What did you do after the brushing at Minx min mince whatever?" He's like, well, I got drunk, woke up with a tattoo. I don't recommend the tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends. One might be more painful than the other, depending on how hard you drank. It, it doesn't sound like he remembers getting the tattoo itself, but can you imagine, like, the itch? I don't know. I, I shouldn't say I've never gotten a party tat, but I've never gotten a drunken party tat. I'm, me neither, but, you know, I'm still young. Um, well, I, I told you about my party tat, right? No. Oh, it was... Uh, so, for those who are familiar with the tattoo world, uh, I got a tattoo done by Oliver Peck, which, um, for those who aren't that into it, uh, he was one of the judges on the Spike TV show Ink Master for, like, forever and he's he's widely regarded as one of the best uh like american traditional tattooers and so i put my name on his wait list maybe like two years ago and i didn't hear anything because that like that's just how popular he is is he his wait list is forever and uh one day i got an email that's like i have an open appointment tomorrow um, at this time, either you can take it or I'll give it to somebody else. So I'm like, I'll be there. Never mind the fact that I had to drive eight hours to make it. <laughs> but, um, cause he was, th this was during like the Sturgis bike rally. And so I, uh, I was like, yep, sign me up. And so he sent me a message. He's like, I'll uh, give you the location where the we'll, where we'll do the tattoo like a half hour beforehand. And I'm like, this seems sketchy, but all right. <laughs> and, you know, I was like, oh, he's probably like working out of a local shop or something, like having a guest chair or something. No, like we, we did it in the back of his RV. <laughs> How was it, though? Oh, it's fantastic. It's, it's easily my favorite favorite tattoo and also it's just a heck of a story but it is after waiting two years to see this world-renowned tattoo artist i wasn't expecting to have it done on his kitchen table <laughs> but life is all about experiences it really is so let's give let's rate this on a scale of anchors you sure you don't want to do one to ten tattooed penises? Fuck it, let's do tattooed penises. Out okay. of ten, you say? Yeah. Do do we want to do like a custom rating? We we can say whether or not we agree with the thermometer, and then we'll do a custom rating for ourselves. Let's do it. <clears throat> All right. Scale of one to ten tattooed penises. I give this. I give it. 
six regular size tattooed penises and one fully erect chode. I give it six and a half tattoos. Six and a half tattooed penises. See, the half is the one's not finished yet, but he's working on it. I don't know how we're going to work. I, I'm sure, like, at some point, somebody's going to keep a spreadsheet to, like, compare and contrast, and I don't know how they're going to break down an untattooed penis versus a tattooed penis. <laughs> also, well, I don't let... think I've said penis m- this much in a single day. Penis? Penis? Average, average day for me. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with the audience tomometer, not the critic tomometer. Got to give it to the people on this one. So yeah, overall positive experience. Highly recommend. Yep. Just, it's a, it's a feel good movie. Just keep in mind. It's a, it's a product of the nineties. Yes. Not not everything is going to sit well with you. See it. Not with a critical eye. Wow, that was that was beautiful. Mm. It was. Chef's kiss. You, you are quite the philosopher. So, Hella. I think this is about the time where we'll uh, pick our our next film. This week, it's your turn. So, what are we going with, Jack? I chose the movie Wind Talkers with Nick, Nicolas Cage. If I remember, that was two thousand two. 2002 or 2003 early 2000s i i i remember actually i I remember actually seeing this movie in theaters so it'll be interesting to return to it cool yeah my my parents had kind of a weird philosophy when it came to letting me see movies like i remember seeing black hawk down on opening day and i was like six or seven <laughs> and i haven't seen that movie so that's another potential pick for me i i can't wait to talk about the the, the compare and contrast of what i remember from that versus uh what it is now but uh do you want to give a, a synopsis of it for our listeners wait of wind talkers yes oh um moot See, I haven't actually seen this movie before. That's part of the reason why I picked it. But it's about the Navajo code talkers of World War II. Fascinating tale, really. Interesting history that we will talk about in the next episode. Sounds good. And uh, before we go, I just wanted to address our last episode. Uh, I understand and I'm fully aware that last episode did not sound good whatsoever and uh hopefully we've resolved all those issues um and if we haven't then i'm a big dumb idiot and i'm sorry for that um but hopefully like i said we have fixed it you got a anything nope Um, nothing before we sign off if you like the show leave us a review stars matter uh, we're up on Instagram and Facebook, so give us a follow, a like, whatever you will. It's also where we'll uh, post updates and whatnot, funny memes. Mm-hmm. Until then, had a great time. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. I've been John. John.
And I'm Jack. And we will catch you next time. <laughs>